Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Today, we're going to explain to you a phenomena that many of you, I am sure, have either observed or experienced for yourself. And that phenomena is an expansion ceiling beyond which an organization cannot consistently break through on. Businesses often seem to hit a level that they can't easily get beyond, certain size. They will, time to time, expand beyond this level, but they tend to slip back again to about that same level of production as they had before. The entrepreneur or leader decides, the hell with this, we're going to expand, man. We're going to double. I'm done with this level of production and this size of group, and we're going to grow, man. Grow. This often starts with an ambitious marketing campaign and then followed by several hires and the statistics go up for a while. And then something either explodes or implodes. And the next thing you know, the company's back to more or less the same size, sometimes even smaller, but then usually recovers at some point to revisit once again a certain size. There's this level or size beyond which the company just does not seem to grow or the growth is very slow uh, or mediocre. Well, you're about to learn the entire mechanics of why this is and how to fix it. Even if you have a pretty good company right now and you are growing, it is likely that you are doing this formula you're about to learn from Mr. Hubbard and you don't even realize it. If you know it well and you follow it, your expansion is going to be even greater and more consistent. Uh, but as usual, before we get into it, let's review a few terms. Now, I don't believe we've ever cleared up this term before. It's a pretty important one. And it's the word goal, which is defined as a known objective toward which an action is directed with the purpose of achieving that end. So a goal is where you're going. It's what you intend to create or have or achieve. And it better get named and it better be pretty specific because, uh, as we've said before, you know, if you, if you jump into your car and go for a drive, with no destination in mind, uh, after a while, you're going to get lost. And the chances are that you're going to be stranded on the side of the road somewhere out of gas. So it's very, very important to define closely your goals for your group organization. In fact, Mr. Hubbard defines in a very important article written on the 9th of January, 1951, entitled An Essay on Management. It's, it's quite a long article, but uh, you could say it is the foundation upon which all the rest of the Hubbard Management System was developed. It's that, it's that integral, it's that fundamental. And in here, he states the following. Goals and their proper definition are important because they are inherent in the definition of management itself. Management could be said to be the planning of means to attain goals and their assignation for execution to staff and the proper coordination of activities within the group to attain maximal efficiency with minimal effort to attain determined goals. Management itself does not ordinarily include the discovery and delineation of the goals of a group. 
management concerns itself with the accomplishment of goals otherwise determined. Ron Hubbard. Okay, we could do a whole episode on goals and management, who assigns goals, uh, but we're not going to do that right now. But do understand this. Management often does not create goals. That is why any good uh, entrepreneur or goal finder, you could also call them a goal finder, someone who establishes goals, uh, generally brings on board a management person, a management terminal, someone they can rely on to do the management. Because the person who is founding the organization, or what we can commonly refer to in this article as goal finder, uh, is not generally the manager. And there's a whole bunch of science behind this we're not going to go into right now. But uh, but I did want to cover the subject of goals. Very important for what we're about to talk about. Now, he talks about groups. So let's define group. And Hubbard writes in a book called How to Live Though an Executive, one of his books, he says a group is not just a number of people, it's a number of people with a shared ideal, ethic, and rationale. And in a lecture from 1969, October 1969, he defines a team. He says a team has a tendency to know what the other team members are doing and thinking and coordinates thereby and therewith. That is a definition of a team. It is people who cooperate one with another to push forward a common purpose, and they normally get along great. So here we have uh, goals being defined. We have group being defined as a number of people who share an ideal ethic and rationale. They obviously also share a purpose per the definition of a team. So let's look this word over. This is one we've mentioned uh, in a recent episode, but we cannot overemphasize this word, and that is the word purpose. So a purpose for Mr. Hubbard is the lesser goal applying to specific activities or subjects. So uh, you've got a, an overall goal for yourself as an entrepreneur or as a founder of an organization uh, you establish these goals, you establish your organization to achieve these goals, this organization or group needs to be motivated towards those goals through sub-goals, which we call purposes. All right? Mr. Hubbard also defines a purpose as the survival route chosen by an individual, a species, or a unit of matter or energy in the accomplishment of its goal. So let's just say, for instance, you have a goal like uh, a more aesthetic society or culture brought about through the inception of beauty in fashion. So you are a fashion designer. You have a vision, you have an aesthetic, and you want this disseminated through the society so you have a more beautiful society. That's your goal. Okay? And uh, so you, you study hard to learn your craft or your art, and you start building a group that agrees with that goal, and they are headed in that direction. 
And that group will uh, be established with a purpose. So a purpose could be something along the lines of to establish a, an efficient, viable, and expanding organization that furthers the vision of our founder in the area of fashion. Something like that. It's just off the cuff. You'd work these things over. Very, very important to get very precise statements of these things. But that's their survival route. They're going to establish this group and they're going to make sure it's viable and they're going to make sure it's efficient. Now, those group members are supposed to be, if they're truly a team, let's face it, a group should be a team. They are bound by that purpose. So that purpose should be clearly defined and duplicated because that individual who is operating in an inefficient manner, for instance, in the group, maybe they're uh, being a little too slack or maybe they're creating work for themselves just to, quote unquote, justify a paycheck or they're not working on the purpose of the rest of the team. They've got a different purpose going on. That purpose would be to look busy as opposed to create an efficient uh, model organization or whatever it is that we stated to further the ideals of the founder, you know, the aesthetic ideals of the founder. So they're not operating on that purpose line and therefore they're not aligned with the rest of the group. So purposes are incredibly important to the formation of a true group uh, that's going to forward uh, your purposes and achieve your goals. Okay. Now, the last word is one we introduced in the last episode, episode 31, Groups in Agreement. Now, you would do well to listen to that one after this if you have not done so already, but the term is policy. And uh, this from an article, 13 March 1965, from Mr. Hubbard, policy is derived from successful experience in forwarding the basic purposes, overcoming opposition or enemies, ending distractions, and letting the basic purpose flow and expand. How about that for a definition of policy? These are procedures or guidelines that are derived from ex successful experience in forwarding that basic purpose. When we operate like this, that fundamental purpose is more closely achieved. And when we don't do this, we, it results in distractions or results in problems. So we could also institute a policy, which means we don't do this. So policy indicates that we maintain friendly relations with our vendors and our customers. That's a pretty simple policy in our environment. You know, let's not make any enemies. Let's just be friends to the world. Okay. Mind you, you then might find that there are enemies to your group and you say, well, we have a new policy now. And that is uh, group XYZ are definitely not our friends. And so therefore we are going to take actions to keep them from stopping us. So that would be a whole new uh, group of policies on how to stop the opposition or enemies from preventing you from achieving your purpose and goals. So policies are your guidelines, and they're based on uh, successful experience and actions in forwarding the basic purpose. So if it's working to make those purposes a reality and those goals a reality, we adopt it as policy. And if it doesn't, then we don't. And if it also helps to end distractions and opposition, then that also goes into policy. Okay, so now 
This last definition is from an article written by Mr. Hubbard entitled, The Structure of Organization, What is Policy? And again, I gave you the date, 13 March 1965. And is definitely near the top of the list of the most fundamental and important articles Mr. Hubbard has written on the subject of administration, I would say, in my opinion. Now, herein is the expansion formula we discussed in episode four, uh, which is entitled an expansion formula. But this article is, uh, contains another expansion formula, which we're going to dive into now. So herein, he gives three laws. I mean, he's a lot more than that. But there's three laws in succession here, and I'm going to read them to you. He says here, all capital letters. That's your tip-off that this is important, okay? Quote, Mr. Hubbard, no policy existing makes small, non-expanding departments or orgs. Remember, org is short for organization. So law number one, no policy existing makes small, non-expanding departments or orgs. I don't know how big your company is if you're listening to this. Uh, I don't know if it's one person or 20 people or 100 people. I don't know. But I want you to imagine if you've got 100 staff, if you've got 20 staff, Guaranteed you have some policies, some agreements as to what works and what doesn't work. Maybe they're written, maybe they aren't, but they're somehow or another, you've managed to cobble together some sort of policies because if you didn't, you wouldn't have gotten to 20 staff. Okay, now if you're sitting there at one or two staff, you probably don't have any policies really. I mean, you may have a couple, but obviously not much. Okay, uh, otherwise there'd be more expansion. For this law, no policy existing makes small, non-expanding departments or orgs. Then the next one is policy, good or bad existing, but not followed, makes chaotic departments or orgs and causes shrinkage. Okay, so we create some policy. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Ideally, most of the policy should be brilliant, okay, and based on successful experience and insight. There's a whole technology to developing policy. We're not going to cover that right now. The point we're trying to make here is that if you have no policy, you're going to stay small. That guy over there who's always, you know, critical, he's running this auto repair shop and he can never get any employees. He can never expand and no one ever does anything he says. And, you know, why can't I get people to just understand these simple things? Well, guess what? He has not created the policies. I have a good idea someone he can go and have a chat with about this, he can go and look in the mirror, Magic mirror on the wall. that he shaves in every morning and have a discussion about it. Because there is no one else that is responsible for creating that those agreements or policies than him. And, you know, he says, well, they never understand it. You know, they don't go over it. Or, they, you know, yeah, you first got to formulate it. You know, often it's too vague. You may know it. You know, well, these are the things that work. These are the things that, re you know, customers reject. These are the things customers accept. Why is it so difficult to get people to duplicate it? Well, maybe you never put it in a form where they could be duplicated. And maybe you never put it in writing. So there you are now sitting with one or two employees that, you know, maybe one loyal person who will stick with you through thick and thin because it's a spouse or a son or something like that. And uh, many of these groups are really just extension of families. They're, they're not real groups at all. Why? Because they've never formulated policy, so they stay small and non-expanding. Or they could create policy, but it's not followed. What's the good of having policy if it's not being followed? It's still going to be a chaos. So the second law is policy, good or bad existing, but not followed, makes chaotic departments or orgs and causes shrinkage. 
And the final law is this, good policy based on actual situations experienced, followed, well, makes an expanding department or, or civilization. How about that? This would also apply to a government. This could also apply to a civilization. What are the policies of this society or this civilization? Formulated uh, based on brilliant, you know, insight and understanding of what works and what doesn't work. Of course, in order for it to work for a civilization, that civilization would have to have a goal, wouldn't it? And you ask yourself, well, what's the goal of this civilization? I don't know. If you can't answer that right off the get-go, then it's probably not being promoted. It may not have ever been established. Or if it's established, it's been obscured. Okay? So then he goes on to say this. He says, the smaller the org unit or department, the less policy is needed. Yeah, look. You know, you started um, a chiropractic office. Okay? And there were two or three of you, and you're a good healer, good doctor, you care about people, you have a decent uh, communication uh, skills, and you grow. You'll grow to a certain size, okay? Based on that and based on the agreements, you and this uh, happy office manager you have maybe or a couple of other staff, you don't need a lot of policy for that. You're talking about two or three people. Four, maybe, you know? So you're going, hey, you know, this is going pretty good. You know, we wrote a couple of policies, make sure everybody comes on time. And, you know, we do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And we're up to a certain size and we're kind of okay. You know, we're kind of happy about that. And maybe you even studied some Hubbard management and you're using some of it. Of course, you also have to make sure, remember, Hubbard management is based on policies. It's based on agreements. So that you understand statistical management does not mean your team understands statistical management. I've had a number of members tell me, well, we use conditions. I say, oh, well, how did your staff learn about conditions and the formulas? Remember, there are formulas for every condition. And they tell me, well, I do it for them. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so rather than teach them the conditions and the formulas, you do the formulas for them, or you just have them follow certain things that you tell them to do that you know align with the formula? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Wow. What do I know? That guy's going to stay small. That company's going to stay small. You know, why? Because, you know, he doesn't need a lot of policy. You don't need a lot of policy to ride a bicycle. How much policy do you need to uh, handle a jetliner or a cruise ship, right? So he says, the smaller the org unit or department, the less policy is needed. Reversely, the less policy is used, the smaller will become the org unit or department. Okay, let's say you even have policy and you stop using policy, you're going to experience a contraction. Why? Because policy are your guidelines. These are the things that you're using to achieve your objectives, your purposes, your goals. Remember that. Do not underestimate the importance and value of policy because that is your ceiling, okay? When you look at your stats on a long trend, let's say you're graphing them weekly, God help us, I hope you are by now, okay? Or monthly if you must, but uh, I did an earlier episode where I talked about the importance of weekly stats, but nonetheless, you're looking at your trends and they kind of go up and they bounce back to a certain national line and then they go up 
you know, you, you force them up, you know, you do a special, you have a sale, you do a big promotion. Yes, the stats are going to go up inevitably, but they are always going to be pegged by what? Your level of policy in that group or organization that will, that sets your ceiling. You can look at that, those statistics, you know, a trained individual can look at those statistics and go, well, I can establish pretty much how much policy is existing and being followed. No, don't forget, it's not just about it exists. It also needs to be studied, learned, and followed. Okay. And that is your ceiling. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say, one can always safely assume when policy is available that non-expansion is the direct result of the policy remaining unknown or not followed. The steps to take are therefore expansion formula. Okay. He calls this an, the, an expansion formula. So there's three steps. And these are all in capital letters as well. One, provide good policy. So step number one, provide some good policy. Okay, you're going, wow, how do we expand out of this, beyond this ceiling? Review everything, okay? And start drawing up some policies. Provide good policy. Now. You are so darn lucky because you have, as your mentor, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, okay? You don't have to invent all this stuff. He's done, okay, the largest body of work by a single author on the subject of administration and management was produced by Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. There are 12 encyclopedic volumes of this material in the green volumes, in the organization executive course in the management series. Okay, and if you purchase the Hubbard College reference set, I don't remember how many, I think there's like 12 volumes of those, all secularized, all made so that you can disseminate it in your business and get people on the same page with it. And it's all non-religious secular material in the Hubbard College of Administration reference set. So there's your foundation, you know, just about everything we covered in these podcast episodes are covered in those uh, uh, reference sets, you know, the Hubbard College reference set, or definitely it's in the green volumes. Everything that I've taught you uh, so far has been out of those books. So the fundamentals, the foundations are there. Yeah, you might have to get bright and figure out some specific application in your business. You know, you've got a painting company. Oh, well, you know, it's how do you adapt this for a painting company? And uh, one of the beauties of being a wise member, of course, is that when you write a policy, if you want to quote Mr. Hubbard, you can get it reviewed and approved by us and our issue authority service, which is, by the way, free. You don't even have to pay for it. So just send us your policies, create policies. So that's your first step on the expansion formulas. One, provide good policy. Two, make it easily knowable. Okay, this is an area that we can all work on. We are currently working on this at Wise East US because used to be that people would read things, and I don't know how many people read that much anymore, but they certainly watch three to five minute videos. So, uh, you know, probably a lot more policy could be put into video form. Uh, I don't, it doesn't replace written policy. So whatever you do in the way of, uh, because there's another law here, what is, if it isn't written, it isn't true. That's another Hubbard, uh, one of Hubbard's datums here. But 
yeah, having it recorded in video or having it in audio format is perhaps helpful in making it easily knowable, step two. That does not replace uh, putting it in writing and putting it in binders and putting it in, you know, in your hard drive or whatever. So you've got everything's written down. These are the policies we're following. Now, making it easily knowable means training, okay? You do not learn policy by reading it glibly, you know, looking it over. You know, quite often I'll send out something, say, hey, did you read that? Say, I looked it over. I don't know what the look it over technology is. I only know what the study technology is. So uh, if you receive a policy or you have a policy you want to implement in your business, make sure that it's studied, not just looked over, not just read, quote unquote, without actually making sure that people understand it, that they're demonstrating uh, their ability to use it, that they understand all the words in it. So this involves study. It involves courses. Okay. And uh, this is why every member should uh, be implementing company training. I don't care if you've got one employee, start training them. Don't wait until you're large and confused. Start training with your first hire and train yourself because none of us are in a position where we can't learn more. The Effective Management Association U.S. now is offering uh, online videos based on the Hubbard Management System to train employees on Hubbard Management to put in those fundamental policies. Uh, nothing could be easier anymore. It's online. The guy just needs a computer and be able to push a button and he can learn. Uh, the videos are all organized on a gradient and they have exercises to be done after each video. I don't know how to make it easier. I mean, we are, we are working on a learning machine that can work while you're sleeping, but we haven't created that yet, and there's no wisdom pill. So uh, strongly urge the members to start training your employees, no matter what size you are. The bigger you are uh, and the crazier it is, the more urgently it's needed, obviously, but start training early your employees. So then the final step on the expansion formula, number three, be strenuous and making sure it is followed. Okay, now we've provided the good policy. We're making it easily knowable and assimilable. It's available. It's in video form. It's in course form. It's in a form we can train people on, workshop form. Now we do need to be strenuous and making sure it is followed. There is a final step on this where you, you monitor people's performance. But look at it's not that hard because you can see whether policy is being followed by monitoring the statistics. If statistics are going down, that means the purpose is not being achieved. The goal is not being attained. So you know right there by looking at that, that policies are either unknown or they're not being followed. So get in there and find out which policies are not being applied or maybe they've been misapplied or you know there's a cross direction to that policy. You know, somebody came up with their own random policy. But for sure, if you are diligent in uh, using and implementing Hubbard Management System and those fundamental policies and, and uh, deriving as needed your own policies and getting them approved by WISE and implementing those, um, you're golden, man. Those stats are going to just keep going up and you're going to get more and more expansion. And when you make those new hires, those new hires can come in and read a body of knowledge a body of policy so that they can slip right in there and get into production and be part of the team. Okay. Mr. Harper then goes on to say, this is the most broad possible formula for expansion. There you have it. 
It goes on to say, profitable expansion of a unit, department, org, company, empire, or civilization depends utterly on the above formula being applied. You want expansion? Use this formula. I'm going to read you one more line out of this because I think it's sort of sums it all up. He says, uh, policy is a guiding thing. It is composed of ideas to make a game, procedures to be followed, and eventualities and deterrence to departures. The basic policy of an activity must be the defining and recommending of a successful and desirable basic purpose. L. Ron Hubbard. So here's where your policy and your purpose come together. Your senior policies have to be defining the goals and purposes of the group. Otherwise, that group will never align. It will never become a team. But then you have your procedures to attaining those purposes. Anyhow, I think I've um, covered this thoroughly enough for you. I hope so. Hope you uh, got something out of this episode. Please do write me back and let me know what you did get out of it at info at wiseeastus.org. If you're interested in implementing a company training program that is very, very simple and inexpensive, uh, to get your team all on the same page. We have those available through effectivemanagement.us. You can look them up, uh, their website, effectivemanagement.us, or just write me at info at wiseeastus.org, and we'll get you rolling on that. Okay? Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be talking again every Monday morning, business-wise. We're going back to that once-a-week schedule, and um, look forward to... Uh, addressing you again. Thank you for listening.